You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. It seems Rashik represents a growing faction in the terrorist culture. A large number of the youths think that their unusual powers should be used for more than just fieldwork, husbandry, and stone carving. They are a rowdy, even violent, far different from the quiet, discerning terrorist philosophers and holy men that I have known. They will have to be watched carefully, these terrorist men. They could be very dangerous if given the opportunity and motivation. All right. Chapter Chapter 10. Ooh, there's so much to break down in that epigraph, and we'll get to it soon. (laughs) But we open up again, this time with Vin, traveling through the slums of Lufidel. So she's back, and she's traveling by herself, which is something that is pretty interesting. She's trying to hide herself and keep herself in incognito mode. She's... She mentions, I think at one point offhandedly, that she's at the age where she should be either married off or or uh, having children or working, but her size like allows her to kind of slink down and stay out of sight. We get a little bit of more of painting the background of what the everyday life looks like for the skull workers in Lufudel. They mention how the noble houses own the kitchens that feed them. And they're fa- they're paid in food tokens, not real money. They're like, hey, you you worked for the day. Here's a here's a food token. Go eat. And how the garrison itself, their job is not even necessarily to protect the city. It's to again control the city in ways such as, you know, looking around and making sure that beggars aren't doing anything other than being worthless. You know, making sure every working ska is working not often about like Venice, you know, trying to figure out and determine whether any of the scars are being rowdy or not. So the garrison doesn't seem too great. They don't seem like they're doing anything other than just policing the ska themselves. But kind of moving on, Vin goes to one of the kitchens, hands the guy a coin that is different than the the normal food token that they would be giving for the kitchen and he nudges her over to the opposite side where a guy lets her in and we learn that this is like the back lair essentially for um an operation that breeze is doing and we learn that vin was kind of pushed off onto breeze because kelsier wants his crew the experts in these different alimantic powers to start training her because well, he can do everything. That's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get her the best training that she can get in each individual. And Breeze here is a soother. So she arrives and she kind of talks with Breeze about using emotional allomancy. And you can see that she has a, she doesn't really have a respect for it. She seems more interested in the other ones. And she just thinks, oh, I soothe your emotion, right? Like, you're mad at me, I make you less mad at me. It's that simple. And Breeze goes into kind of like this elegant discussion of how, like, if you want to be a real soother, you want to be a soother that's good and worth their weight in gold, and you want to 
be able to actually get the outcomes you want. You have to be able to read the room. You have to be able to understand what emotions they're feeling, you know? If you're feeling mad, you know, you 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 don't necessarily want to dampen the madness completely, like or or the anger completely. If you do, someone's gonna recognize that. You might want to dampen the madness and dampen another emotion. You might like and he just goes into how it's just more complex than you think. You have to know people. You have to know people. And Breeze knows people. And we see that he knows people very well. Because his whole operation here is that he is going to let Kelsier speak. And essentially, him and his team of soothers and rioters are going to smother emotions that they don't want have, don't want at the correct time. And riot those emotions that they do want and vice versa in this speech to try to convince as many of them as possible to join the Skull Rebellion. Well, before Kelsey arrives, Ham arrives, and we get to finally see, you know, kind of what we said about in our first uh our first episode here. Ham it kind of exists to annoy Breeze, and here we go. Mm-hmm. Ham Ham decides to come in and drop some philosophical question that Breeze tells like warns Ben, don't bite, don't mm-hmm. bite, and Ben bites bites, and here we go. I don't want to say what was the question. The question was something along the lines of like, are we good people if we are overthrowing the final empire because the Lord ruler is God. And if God has made this, then it should be right because he's the one that makes morality. And I found it very interesting that Ham might like legitimately believe the Lord ruler is a slither of infinity or a piece of God himself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because this is a very, very big thing in Plato, which I'll bring up later. But <laughs> but yeah, like he, he 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 seems to actually believe it, you know, at least with the questions he's been posing. I think in the the meeting in earlier chapters when Kelsier's trying to actually convince everyone, he even says, like, you can't overthrow him. He's a sl- he's a slither of infinity. And so it's like, uh, I guess Ham actually believes that he believes the teachings here uh, of the still ministry. And so he pose he just poses the question to Vin, you know. If that is actually true and he is, then going against him is doing evil, is it not? And Breeze tells him to shut up. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Ham realizes Kelsier shows up, so he's going to go do his job and perform security, make sure no one else is showing up unwanted and he's going to keep everyone out. And I'm not going to talk about this part in an extreme manner because you just need to listen to Breeze talk. Listen to the man <laughs> perform his craft picking at his emotions using colors like sending people out in different colors yeah sig- that signaling exactly what he wants yeah no this this guy it was it was awesome it like again leave it to leave it to brandon to take something that seems mundane and simple and show you how complex it can actually be and what you can actually do with it it is awesome but we get kelsier shows up basically is like you know come fight Without saying come fight. I want to say Breeze actually says he specifically leaves out, or it was Vin, he specifically leaves out uh, like damning information where he basically is like, it's it's because of the implications. It's mm-hmm. the implications. <laughs> but um, he's like, yeah, you need, you know, he basically implies and tries to get everyone over here and says, hey, or he's like, hey, you know, come join the rebellion, but doesn't say that out loud. So people have, you know, deniability if they want. Mm-hmm. But um, people start getting mad at him, and he just shows the scars again. He basically says, the Lord Ruler, I'm something the Lord Ruler cannot kill. And then just leaves. And Breeze is like, well, we probably got like 20 people out of that. So that was a good haul. But he points out that, you know, 
they get they get about 20 people per meeting they have a meeting every two to three days how is he going to put up a 10,000 man army in a year with that and by this point we're assuming they're like four months in because i think that's what the time skip was yeah, in the last chapter a few months at least and so they he's like well we need to go back you know we need to call a meeting of the of Kelsier's crew to kind of determine how we're going to change this up because I'm not going to meet quota with what's going on right now. And, uh, yeah, we, we pass back to Kelsier at this point and we get his point of view. We jump to him and he's talking about, he's thinking about, he's thinking on the rooftop about things and about ATM. And he says something that again, is a little bit telling. We still don't know what ATM does, but he says any any misborn burning ATM is essentially invincible. Yep. And the other big thing I think he mentioned was 90% of the ATM is being hoarded somewhere. Yeah. And when he thought about that too, something big he pointed out that I was just was such as like a sudden drop because it's Kelsier's mind. But like he goes, oh yeah, and the 11th medal, I started those rumors what <laughs> it's it has rumor it has rumors that it's it's rumored to be able to grant a misborn the ability to kill the lord ruler and yet he's the one starting because i said so <laughs> i will do it therefore it is um, so many many people have said i'm just saying that many people have been saying about this 11th medal and i, I i've heard many people say it so i mean uh i'm just saying that it, I, I, it, many people have said so this 11th medal. Yeah. So that was just kind of interesting that it was just <laughs> such like a casual drop. Oh, yeah, I just made that up. But um, huge, huge, this medal. Yeah, it's huge. huge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so says it shows up and realizes that Kelsier's just overlooking Kritik Shah, which is the, the Lord Ruler's palace. The House of a Thousand Spires. Yep. And says it immediately recognizes He's probably thinking about Mare because he's there. He's overlooking it. That's where it all ended. And Kelsier thanks Sazed for coming to Luthadel because we again get this dropped that the Lord Ruler since the beginning of the Ascension has tried to hunt keepers to extinction. And he thanks Sazed for being a keeper and going like, you know, you literally walked in to the house of the guy who's trying to kill all of you. Mm -hmm. uh, and he respects him big time for that. But that epigraph, we'll get, we'll get to it. I'm not going to interrupt my summary here. <laughs> but um, Sazed mentions that the Lord Ruler fears his people because they do not under he can't, he doesn't understand the Keeper's powers, and so it's 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 confirmed. Sazed has some sort of powers, and it's not Alamancy because why would the Lord Ruler fear something that he is he is one? Maybe right? it's the power of friendship. <laughs> I don't think so, though. The real, the, the real religions are the religions we made along the way. Um, Which Kelsier actually said he was like something like, yeah, are yeah. there any religions where they saw, shot, uh, slaughter noblemen as a duty? And but yeah, yeah. like, no. And he's like, oh, maybe I should have found one. But yeah, getting to that, getting to that, like Kelsier sits him down, sits, sits down with Sazed and just says, Sazed, tell me another religion. And so we learned that this is a reoccurring thing that Sazed does with maybe all people is mm -hmm. he tries to share his knowledge, share what he's the, the information he's been keeping with other people. And so says mentions another religion talks about it. And then 
I think Kelsier says like, why didn't you try to convert me on that one? And says it's like, oh, because I know I know this one doesn't fit you at all. And that's when he mentions, oh, well, maybe I, I should start my own religion. <laughs> I'm going to start my own religion with <laughs> dead <laughs> noblemen and boxings. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they both leave. They returned to Lord Renew's Manor and they are... I actually don't remember if they're in Lord Renew's Manor, but they have the 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 Avengers come together. Okay, mm-hmm. we have like the crew comes together and they're talking about what could go on, and they need Marsh to infiltrate the Steel Ministry and he hasn't been able to yet. Which, funny enough, I think it's kind of hilarious. They call Marsh Iron Eyes, Iron Eyes. and they're like, "Oh yeah, we got to stop that because like <laughs> Steel Inquisitors legitimately have because of the implications. Yeah, because of the implications. <laughs> but yeah, Steel Inquisitors literally have that the spikes in their eyes, and so no one's like, "Yeah, we're not going to call them that anymore." You know. But Marsh shows up. He has a hard time. He says he needs more time. And Vin's like, "I got an idea." Kelsier probably. I don't think it says Kelsier smiling, but you know Kelsier smiling. He's a like, guy. He's her. always smiling. Got her. Um, she's like, "I got an idea." You know, came in and one of our first things ever was working with this other crew leader and they were Theron, ta- yeah. Yeah, and they were talking about how they're trying to, you know, they're they have a front where they're gonna actually like try to ship up ministry goods. And through that, he we learned that there's an obligator that takes bribes. Maybe we can bribe him to have another alkalite. I was thinking it wasn't even ministry goods, it was ministry the acolytes. Yeah. So, hmm, could we sneak a little someone in there? Yeah, and so Doxon writes it down and goes, this is a legitimate thing. Maybe we can bribe bribe them into sneaking Martian. That's the idea. And it, the this chapter ends with the big kind of boot in the face, the shoe dropping with the ministry has found Cayman's old lair, which means... They might possibly be on Vin's trail. So it's kind of cool. This all is kind of coming back. We we left the we left the whole plan of like, oh, Cayman's going to do this thing. You thought that was all gone? Oh no, it actually was very relevant to us now because we're going back to doing that plan. And Cayman's lair has come back as you know a big deal. Um, and you know, kind of working backwards through the chapter. Um. The epigraph. I've been saying it. I got to just jump into let's it. Go okay? to, let's go to that. So yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say parts of it again, right? Like the epigraph in this one talks about how there's some guy by the name of Rashik. He, he's like, I want to say, you know, he he represents this faction of terrorist men, apparently, that are, are violent. And we're learning, at least from the, the, the epigraph, that that's not normal to terrorist culture. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be violent. Yet... The, this this faction is and something that stood out to me is he, the the epigraph has the writer saying they will have to be watched carefully these terrorist men they could be very dangerous if given the opportunity and the motivation and then this chapter in the last chapter Kelsier points out how dangerous Sazed could be Sazed himself says the Lord Ruler does not understand our powers therefore you know, he fears us. And it gets dropped again that the Lord Ruler has been hunting the Keepers to near extinction since the Ascension. You know, if we're assuming that this is the Lord Ruler in the epigraphs and we're kind of getting like a like a flashback sort of moment here, what can the Terrasman do that has him so afraid to the point where at, even in the epigraphs, he's like, we got to watch out for these people. Well, it's also interesting that Caesar's is the only Terrasman we're running to. 
Yeah, so far, yeah. You know, like, we're we're seeing all these other different types of people. We're even having a mention, but Terrasman, not so much. So, I mean, something weird hanging around, you know, when it comes to... and Because this is, like, the second time Kelsier's, you know, mentioned that Seiza is going to be something to... Seiza could be uh, someone to be concerned about, uh, someone you don't want to take lightly. Yeah, I want to say even in... I. You know, I might be remembering a little bit of chapter nine here and not chapter 10, but it is a previous chapter. So we're good. OK, <laughs> um, but they mentioned like there's a breeding program for the terrace people, just like there's breeding of the ska. There's a breeding program for the terrace men, too. Breeding's a thing in yeah, this world, I, clearly. It, <laughs> it is. But the thing that like is, again, what can the terrace people do? Why would you even breed them if they had like it, it, it must be obvious. Do they all have this power? If they do, why even breed them if you fear them? And if it's not that, why, what makes a terrorist person a keeper versus like not a keeper? And like, there's just so much here. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we're going to probably hear some more about it because there, there is, um, you know, clearly a trope here or a thing that's happening in this world where um, people are named by, you know, their ability to do things or not do things or, you know, certain roles. Um, if he's on Kelsier's squad, there, there's a reason. But uh, getting back to, you know, Breeze, I, I loved this chapter because it emphasized one of the Brandon Sanderson's things about the magic system's not awesome because of what you can do. It's awesome because of what you can't do. Yep. And Breeze mentions that. He goes, I can't just sit here and make people do what I want. I can't just sit here and, you know, make them feel the way I want them to. I, I can only change the circumstances surrounding them so much to try to hope that they're going to do what I want. And the then end. and then squelch the very specific things to get the outcomes that I want. Yeah, that's something we learned here, right? Because up to this point, with how Vin's used luck, with how Kelsier's done it, at least from what Vin said, it's like all emotions were being squashed down. That's what it felt like, at least to me, and the way it was described. It's like all emotions were squashed down, yet you heard Breeze. No, push this down. No, bump this up. No, we need to push this and this up at the same time while we're moving this. And it's like he could target individual emotions. And you would think like it's obvious when you think about it, but it's like, yeah, this requires some nuance. And he even said like, if you do it wrong, then everyone's going to know you're doing something. And it makes sense, right? Like it's like if you were trying to catch a liar, like they're the really good liars who are really subtle and really kind of get you over a long period of time. A lot, a lot of their lies are, are mostly true. And then you have the liars are like very obvious, you know, okay, you know, it's it's like essentially a Inception, you know, and mm -hmm. I think this came out before Inception. I'm pretty sure it came it, out. I think it did. It was early 2000s, I want to say, is when it was released. Yeah, and so like, you know, the concept of Inception of like, oh, I can't just tell you an idea. I have to make you make the idea yourself. And that's essentially what Breeze is saying he does. And so what I love about this is like we're talking about one of the Alimantic, well, two of the Alimantic powers, you know, um, and soothing and rioting, soothing and rioting. And there's already like subtlety there. And we kind of saw that earlier in other chapters when he was talking about steel, when he was like, oh, you have to keep it right below you. You know, you usually have to balance on certain things. Um, you know, you have to know, understand weight and trajectory. And when something hits something, it's going to push you back. Okay, we got maybe a little bit of those things, but seeing this kind of nuance was really, really interesting. Yeah, up to my up to this point, it was surprising because I want to say that I said in the chapter where we discussed 
um, where Kelsier and Vin went off on their first training bit, I was like, oh, you know, steel and iron are the most important ones, or at least the ones you can do the most with. After listening to this chapter, like, I'm I'm team emotional allomancy. This this stuff is cool. This is like where they where it's like, oh, I have really super strength, and they're like, well, that super strength doesn't do anything when I have like telekinesis or not telekinesis, um, but like the ability to control your mind. You know, okay, <laughs> you mad? But why do you gotta be mad? <laughs> but why are you mad though? <laughs> and <laughs> so that I mean that was um that was this was like a super interesting. Like you said, it, reading it is um, the only way to really get it. Oh my gosh! So the the why are you mad? It's only game. I just realized. Why are you mad? I'm only Breeze. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm just going to mention this because I kind of nerded out a little bit. Ham brings up, um, you know, are we good people? The funny thing mm. is, is Plato literally has this thing. It's a he writes I'm this thing with Socrates. A, I'm more of a Kant man myself. Well, you know, Kant was built off. Of, this is this is the OG guy. He he his one of his foundational questions is. Is something holy because God says it is, or, or he says the gods? Or, or is something holy because the gods say it's holy, or is it holy in its own nature and the gods say it's holy because of its, its holiness? Ooh. And that's is it li- a chicken or an egg. Well, so that's it, it. Essentially, talks about like you know, is holiness is something innate that the gods tell us about, or is it only holy because the gods say it's holy? And that's mm. literally basically what Ham is saying. Is this good because it's good in us of itself? Or is it bad because the Lord Ruler has to be good because he is God, you know, or whatever? Essentially, is it bad because the Lord Ruler says it's bad? Or is it bad because, you know, whatever? Ham does say, though, he does, like, concede in his little philosophical thing that he goes, I mean, but can the Lord Ruler be wrong? And we're, you know, in this case, evil is actually good. Yeah, yeah. and my, and I, 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 it was handed, it was handled rather ham-fistedly um but okay but i'm no more puns from me um but yes mm. <laughs> but um it it was kind of it was just kind of funny i was kind of nerding out about it i was kind of disappointed that they let it go let it go rather flat but you know what that's not what the whole point of the scene was so hey okay listen we were learning about the subtle touch of emotional alamancy that was brandon's subtle dip in okay he didn't want to pull on you too hard <laughs> so then we we get the, the some more build up about the atm um which you are invincible if you're burning it apparently but not just that i mean yeah we knew atm had something going on but what i found super interesting was the atm economy um you know they talk about how rare it is but this almost seems like a De Beers situation. You know De Beers? Like they, they no. own like all the diamonds in the world. Nope. So no idea. So that's why diamonds are super expensive because they're actually like common, like in, in terms of like like valuable gems go. But they mm, okay. seem super expensive because someone they, they only let a little bit of it out. Mm. So it's kind of like that same thing going on here. Kelsier knows um, about the fact that 90% of the ATM that he saw go out like isn't going out to among the nobles. So, you know, he's saying this has to be in the treasury because where else would it be? Um, yeah, and the thing is and they mentioned this I think in their planning their planning chapter that the ATM is the way that the lord ruler houses the nobility and the, and then like that's the way he handles them and then they handle essentially everything else because right it makes yeah. sense that he would hoard literally 90% of the supply because if he just let it be out there then 
you know, all sorts of wackiness be going on right now. So that's why it's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to find. I was going to say, it makes you wonder though, right? Like he's the only survivor from that place. How many people, you know, actually know that he's hoarding 90% of it? Does, do the great houses know he's keeping 90% and they're letting the 10% come out? Or do they not even know that there's actually that much well, ATM from, out there? From what the earlier chapter said, they, um, they, they didn't even know where the ATM comes from. And it mm-hmm. sounds like it only comes from one place, as far as we know, the pits that's in. And the Lord Ruler has a monopoly on it. So, yeah, I don't think they know anything about, like, what the where the ATM comes from. They don't know where it comes from. They don't know how much they get. Um, so, it sound, sure, it seems like it makes that Kelsier would probably be the only person who knows exactly how much ATM's at stake, potentially at stake. So whatever he what he would say is, you know, whatever ATM you know about, if you know about all the ATM, I guarantee there's at least ten times more out there. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that is. Um Kelsier started the rumor of the eleventh the eleventh metal. metal. What the heck? Well, you know, the rumor had to come from somewhere too. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna presume because we get Kelsier's point of view and he believes that the 11th medal has something going on with it. So yeah, he didn't he, just make it up. Okay, so yeah, like I agree. I think he probably found a legend of the 11th medal and then went, that's too subtle. That's not going to do. I believe that this can do something. So let's make it even grander. I'm going to kill the Lord Ruler. Like, like, And this is how, yeah, this is how I'm going to do it. So, I mean, it's it, he does have, he's at least spreading some mythos, but he's not making it up. There's something, there is something about this 11th medal he doesn't seem to know much about it, you know, about like how to work it or whatever. Um, but it is, I agree. It's funny that like everyone's belief that the 11th metal could be the potential key is pretty much solely based off what Kelsey you're saying. And I'm just kind of curious, what do you think about like why he could be doing this? Because I've noticed at least he seems to kind of bash the ska for their their beliefs and what they what they see because he thinks it's silly and so i'm curious here is this like is this his way of getting to people in the sense that he's like well if you can't change that they're superstitious people if, if i need to change something i must i must make it superstitious i mean he definitely seems to have at least that idea i mean he's he at least when we look at it, the way he's been doing so far Outside of just the group, the only time we, there's only a couple times where we see him outside of like the crew meetings. Mm-hmm. That's been in the prologue where he totally burned someone's entire everything down, mm-hmm. um, and then when he went and killed all those people so that he could steal from a safe. Yeah, he attacked House of Venture, and then we kind of saw him do these prep pep talks, you know, to do some recruiting. Um, and then like, like this little kind of side meeting with, uh, with Sazed, um, he does seem to, you know, he does seem to kind of want to operate in the shadows a lot. And it seems like he's operating in the shadows a little bit more than we even know, because mm, yeah. when you see him, like he, he's already saying like, oh, I'm causing mischief among the nobles. Well, he's also just disappearing, you know, he's at least disappearing and that's what people, you know, think he's, he's going off and doing. Um, and on all these pep talks, he's at least bringing up, you know, some little, little bit, little nugget of something going on. And he's saying like, I, he already is buying into his survivorship thing going, look at my scars. You know, this is, there's only one way to come from. I am a thing that the Lord Ruler can't kill. I mean, 
that's uh you know a very v for vendetta way of going about it ideas are bulletproof yes but there are no bullets here um there's coins but yeah i mean talking about this another thing i want to bring up here is with how like kelsier is kind of bashing superstition in a sense he he's so like into at least from what i'm hearing with the small conversation with says he seems to be very into religions but he's into them for their passion he says that he goes he says they all had passion they all had passion and it's something that we and i when i ever he says we i just always assume he means the ska he says it's something that we lack and we need to bring back and so he and says it seem to be on the same page here you know yeah but that they both believe that beliefs have power and so I'm very curious to see where they're going to go from here. And personally, I want more Sazed. Hey guys, it's Matt. Thanks for listening to the Autos Podcast. You'll start seeing regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14, 2022. If you'd like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a small project, so please support us with likes and comments because that's what the algorithms crave. If you're listening to the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you really want to give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon so we can give Vaughn a better mic.